In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We read in the Gospel of Matthew, Have you understood all these things? They, that is the Apostles listening to Jesus, said to him, Yes. And Jesus then said to them, So then every scribe instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings forth from his storeroom things new and old. Every scribe instructed in the kingdom is like a householder who brings forth from his storeroom, or we could say treasure, new things and old things. And of course, new things are good because they are new, they're pristine, they are they haven't been tainted or used up and old things are good in the sense that it's like wine and these are the the great things that a person who is wise who enjoys the gift of wisdom actually brings forth old things and new things or actually even better old things that are always new Wisdom is a gift which goes together with the gift of counsel. Why do we want to bring forth new things and old things? So that we can help people, so that we can actually lead them to their ultimate end, which is God. Wisdom is a gift that goes together with the gift of counsel. That's why the the scribe brings these old things and new things out from his from his storeroom and where is the storeroom is it a physical storeroom no it is actually the storeroom of his soul the storeroom of his interior life of his experience of his of his vast kind of dealings with with people with the world with with his own struggle with God, you know, in his prayer and in his interiority. This is where he gets all these things from. And these two gifts, wisdom and counsel, are gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are given to us. But at the same time, we have to do something in order to receive those gifts. Like any gift, we have to open up our hand, you know, in order to receive a gift that God wants to give us or anybody wants to give us. And opening the hand means making ourselves capable of receiving what God wants to give us. Now, St. Paul, when we read the first letter to the Corinthians, he alludes to this kind of combination of wisdom and counsel. When he tells the Corinthians that It's okay for them to speak in tongues, but it is better if they had an interpreter. He says these words, Let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. 
What then is to be done? I will pray with the Holy Spirit, but I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, I will sing with the understanding also. Else, if you give praise with the Spirit alone, how shall he who fills the place of the uninstructed say Amen to your thanksgiving? For he does not know what you say. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank God that I speak with all your tongues, yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding than that I may also instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So here St. Paul is saying that, yes, the person who speaks in tongues is edified, but only him. And he gives praise, but not the others who are uninstructed in that tongue. And so he, he says it's better to speak five words with understanding, with interpretation, rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Well, this may seem obvious, but what we need to do, in, and I, I mean, I'm not suggesting that we start speaking in tongues in an extraordinary way like uh, the, the early Christians did. I mean, that may be an extraordinary gift that the Holy Spirit gives to some people, but for sure it is not the ordinary thing. And what I'm suggesting is that Speaking in tongues is like having wisdom, but at the same time we need the gift of counsel in order to share that with people. Now, why are we talking about all this? The reason why I bring this up today in our prayer is because I want to use this time to introduce to you and to anybody who is listening to St. Josemaria's spiritual classic called The Way. St. Josemaria actually had a lot of wisdom. And one of the things that he did is he collected that wisdom in little note cards, which he called cuartillas, or basically just three by fours or something like that. And, and also he wrote in what he called cuadernos, which is like notebooks. Now, why did he write all these things down? And what did he write? Well, he wrote little points, little notes that struck him, whether they were from the newspaper or from the gospel and everything in between. A letter, an experience he had, something he saw on the street, an episode in his life, something that, that he recognized as coming from the Holy Spirit, as a lesson being taught him. By God in some way, in some ordinary way, and at the same time extraordinary way because of the wisdom that was contained therein. And so all these little points that he collected in his in his little piece of paper and in his notebooks, he then organized by topic. And he was then able to publish a book called Spiritual Considerations, which is the precursor to what would later in 1939 be published as the book called Camino, or The Way in English. It was published first in Valencia, Spain, in 1939, and right now millions and millions of copies have been sold in over 40 languages.
that is really an extraordinary amount of of copies that has really gone around the world. In 1950, the Osservatore Romano, the Vatican newspaper, wrote these words about St. Josemaria's book, The Way. This author, the author of the article, writes, Monsignor Escriva de Balaguer has written something more than a masterpiece. He has written straight from the heart, and straight to the heart go the short paragraphs which make up the way. Well, the way basically is a book that has all these adages, all these little short points that St. Josemaria had many names for. So these little pieces of paper he, he called in three different ways. One is, he called them Catalinas, which in Spanish means Catherines, literally, like the name Catherine. And why did he call them Catalinas? Because he had a lot of devotion to St. Catherine of Siena, who always spoke the truth, even if it was difficult at times, even to the Pope, to him, to his face, you know, uh, so that he would go back to Rome from Avignon. And so she, she had no qualms, you know, in talking up the truth and being very straightforward. And so that's why St. Josemaria liked to call these points Catalinas. Another nickname that he had for these points was Gaiticas in Spanish, which means little bagpipes. And the reason why he called them this is because he, he thought of these experiences that he himself had throughout his life, or notes and letters and the fruit of his prayer, as as a bagpipe. You know, a bagpipe is an instrument. It doesn't do anything unless you blow into it. And when you blow air, which comes from your lungs, which comes from the innermost part of you, basically, very close to your heart, you, you make the instrument sound beautifully. And so he says... These little points may not mean anything if you read them fast, but if you read them slowly and you actually fill in the blank, you put in your life into it, you blow your life into these little points, you will make them sound and make them relevant to your life. He writes in his introduction to The Way, these words, which is basically making these words make the same the same point read these counsels slowly pause to meditate on these thoughts they are things that i whisper in your ear confiding them as a friend as a brother as a father and they are being heard by god i won't tell you anything new i will only stir your memory so that some thought will arise and strike you and so you will better your life and set along, set out along the ways of prayer and of love. And in the end, you will be a more worthy soul. Well, this is a beautiful prologue of the author, where he tells us really the purpose of his book is to edify our lives so that we may be better, so that we may grow closer to God, so that we may actually improve by sharing in his experience if if possible if we put our life into it if he if he actually succeeds in 
in having these points resonate with our memory, with our past, so that we can improve our future and our present. So these, these points are the little bagpipes, so-called. But he also had a third name for them, which were, in Spanish, despertadores, which means alarm clocks, because they wake us up. And these points are poignant, actually. They are pointy. They're, they're fuzzy. They're, they, they're uncomfortable. They, if you read the way, you may be challenged because these points are not, they're not just um, going to make you feel good. They're actually going to, some, some of them actually may put you in, in a little bit of crisis. They may, they may help you examine your conscience, you know, and they will get into this in a second on the content of, of some of these points. But the point is that we examine ourselves, that we wake up. You know, we can think of Socrates, the way he viewed his his mission in life, you know. He called himself the gadfly of society. Why the gadfly? Because a gadfly, or like a horsefly, it bites. It stings. But it stings for a purpose, to wake you up, you know, to wake us up. So that we realize that, you know, we may be heading for a disaster, and we may need to actually change course, you know. So it's good to be awakened, even if if it's um, because of the bite of a gadfly, you know, like Socrates. Socrates made a lot of people uncomfortable. His in- interlocutors were usually, um, you know, they were kind of out of sorts with him because of the questions that he asked. And he made them think. He made them come out of themselves. And so that's kind of the way that St. Maria writes these points as well. All these points are actually written for himself. The, he wrote them primarily as an examination of conscience for himself. They're personal. But then he he actually changed them to the second person so that they they could be used by anybody else and, and be read by anybody else. And these points can be useful for all of us. Now, these points were gathered in notebooks. They were gathered in these cuartillas. They were gathered in these little loose papers. And this is a habit that St. Josemaria got into since he was young, to take notes from scripture and and his life in general or anything. And in fact, this is how when when the Holy Spirit inspired in him the the work of Opus Dei, on October 2nd, 1928, he himself said that he was looking through his notes. He was studying those notes very carefully. And then, boom, the whole illumination of the work all at once. And he, everything came together. All those notes that he had been taking kind of came together under the single mission of Opus Dei to sanctify the world from within. In, in and through the fulfillment of ordinary duties of every Christian, of every person, so that we can take the world to Christ. That, that illumination is something that, that he got on, on that day, October 2nd, 1920, the Feast of the Guardian Angels, while he was studying his notes. And people may say, well, if he was studying his notes, he may have thought that it was the fruit of his note-taking. And no, he never actually thought that. 
the this note taking that he was doing was insufficient as a cause for the foundation of of Opus Dei, which was his mission in life. He always saw the insight that he got all at once from all these notes, the unity that he was able to understand and see and 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 um, comprehend all at once at that moment was the fruit of a gift from the Holy Spirit, which I think we can call wisdom. And then, of course, he didn't want to keep that gift to himself. He wanted to give it to others. And that's why he was an apostle. He he lived profoundly the the mandate from our Lord to go out to the whole world and preach the good news, you know. And and this insight is what he spent the rest of his life um, kind of uh, proclaiming, you know, to the four winds and 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 really all over the world. By the time he died, he he had spread this message throughout the world in sixty countries and with over sixty thousand people uh, who called him father, you know. And and it really uh, it it really went like wildfire. Why? And it still goes like wildfire, because people are waiting for the gospel. People are waiting for the gospel. People are waiting for, we could say, not only the gospel proclaimed the way Jesus proclaimed it, but also in the way the Holy Spirit is proclaiming it now through the saints. And therefore, reading reading the way or any other book by any saint makes the gospel relevant to us. That's that's very important for us to, to realize. And the ultimate end is obviously charity, to lead to others to the truth. This, in fact, resonates with what St. Thomas Aquinas uh, set out to have as his, his own kind of end in life, to contemplate things and to share them with others. He had this phrase, which is three words long, contemplata alis tradere, to give unto others what one has contemplated. This actually summarizes what the way is, or or many other books as well. But this is exactly what St. Josemaria did. He contemplated things, made them his own, saw Christ behind those events in his life, those letters that he got, those passages of the gospel that he was reading, and then he gave them to others by organizing them in this little book. So what does he say in this book well, let's start with point number one, where he challenges us, challenges the reader, and primarily challenging himself. But when he put it down, he he made it uh, so that we could be challenged by it. So he changed the words. Don't let your life be sterile. Be useful. Blaze a trail. Shine forth with the light of your faith and of your love. With your apostolic life, wipe out the slimy and filthy mark left by the impure sowers of hatred and light up all the ways of the earth with the fire of Christ that you carry in your heart. We see immediately this thrust of the Holy Spirit to go out and to proclaim the gospel with our lives, more than with words, with our lives, but also with words, everything, with everything. Another point that is is very quintessential of St. Josemaria's 
May your behavior and your conversation be such that everyone who sees or hears you can say, this man, this woman, reads the life of Jesus Christ. And not only reads it, but puts it into practice and lives it. Lives the biography of Christ to the point that we can even call it our autobiography because we're writing it with the Holy Spirit. You know, and that's the second point of the way. And of course, you know, there's 999 points. I'm not going to read all of them. But um, there's some very interesting points. Like one of my favorites is number five. Very simple point, but how difficult to put into practice. The point is, get used to saying no, period. Now, people may interpret this and say, well, this is very pessimistic. What do you mean saying no? No, he meant it in, get used to saying no to yourself to your selfishness, to your, you know, comfort, to your uh, self-seeking and egoism and and whatnot. That, get used to saying no. Get used to saying no, you know. Oh, I want a drink, or I want a snack, or I want to watch TV, or I want to listen to music, I want to... We, I mean, if we had to say yes to all those things all the time, whenever we thought of them, we would be, we, we would be slothful. We wouldn't do anything. We wouldn't work at all. You know, and how many people actually suffer from lacks of temperance that way? Well, here is a very simple point with a great sense of humor and with great simplicity and with great directness. Get used to saying no. You know, incredible. We'll never forget it. Another point, which is um, also very useful, very practical, very human. Get rid of those useless thoughts, which are at best a waste of time. <laughs> how... How practical, how beautiful, how how rare is it put into practice? How rarely is it put into practice? And here we have the wisdom of a saint, you know. Well, there are these practical points, but there's also, he's got other points that are also, um, I would say, graphic, where he puts a lot of graphic examples. He... He compares us, for instance, in his chapter on humility, to a weather vane. You know, he says, don't aspire to be the weather vane, you know, on top of a great building. However much it may glitter, however high it may be, it adds nothing to the firmness of the structure. Rather, be like an old stone block hidden in the foundations under the ground where no one can see you. Because of you, the house will not fall. What a great example. Very graphic. But he probably, you know, anybody can identify with that. Very simple and yet very wise. He's drawing from his treasure box, from his storeroom, old things and new things, so that we may understand the logic of the kingdom of heaven, as our Lord says of that wise scribe. Wisdom and counsel put together. And of course, this is the fruit of his own prayer, of his own examination, of his own struggle, of his own failure, we could say. Many times he knew himself. Another point. Don't forget that you are just a trash can. You know, sometimes we need to be told that. So if by any chance the divine gardener should lay his hands on you and scrub you and clean you and fill you with magnificent flowers, neither the scent nor the colors that beautify your ugliness should make you proud. Humble yourself. Don't you know that you are just a trash can? <laughs> the, this point is actually so important for St. Josemaria's spirituality because he is able to 
put together our nothingness, our nothingness, because we are just a trash can and we're sinful and we're creaturely and we're worldly sometimes or many times, and at the same time, our greatness and not be proud of our greatness and not despair because of our sinfulness or creatureliness. You know, yes, we're just a trash can, but you know what? Our Lord has put flowers and decorated us, you know. Uh, he has put flowers in us and he has uh, made us a beautiful, beautiful trash can. And people can actually say, hey, that trash can actually looks kind of charming and it's kind of artistic. Well, that's because of our Lord. You know, all his graces, all his virtues, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all that. That's the flowers, that's the paint, you know, that that's what makes us look good. But if we become proud, well, we then end up simply being a trash can again. And stinky and no good. So we have to be proud because we are children of God, but proud in the good sense, holy pride. Because God has given us his gifts, and it's really that holy pride is really an act of thanksgiving and an act of deep humility. And then be very humble. Why? Because we are nothing without God. This is this is St. Jose Maria's kind of sense of humor, and at the same time, his uh, directness in addressing himself, and in second place, each one of us. Not every point, if you read the way, may make sense to you at, at first. Sometimes if you read it in English or in another language than the original, it may not make sense at all because of the translation. And if it doesn't make sense, we also have this book, which is the critical edition of the way that explains the context. And it's written by Pedro Rodriguez, a priest of Opus Dei, who put together all the, the points of the way and researched their their source, you know, and uh, where they came from and, and, and their origin. So he puts all that into great context. But, you know, if, if a point doesn't make sense, um, it may make sense at some point in your life, at some other point in your life, you know. The Way is not a book to be read like spiritual reading, I would say. You know, spiritual reading, you read straight through, you know, and... And that's not the way it's written. It's written for you to stop and pray. It's really more a book of prayer than a book of spiritual reading. And there's a distinction there. Not every type of reading is good for prayer, uh, even though it is good for for learning many things. Here, it's really about uh, jump-starting a dialogue with our Lord. That's what the way is about. It's these little spark plugs that jump-start our conversation with Jesus Christ. And so, um, what kind of resolutions can we make out of today's prayer, out of today's meditation? One concrete resolution, I think, is to expand our capacity to be docile to the Holy Spirit. In other words, grace is like this gigantic waterfall, and we have to get water but we have a thimble or we have a glass or we have a cup or we have a pot, you know, and what we need to do is maybe get rid of all those things and get a big tanker if we can, you know, expand our container to receive grace as much as possible. And that means partly putting in the effort 
like Saint Jose Maria did, perhaps, to write things down. You know, not because we want to keep a diary. You know, Saint Jose Maria says actually these words. I have never kept a diary. I mean, keep a diary if you like. It's not a bad thing, but it's not just for keeping a diary's sake. It's not just for historical purposes. He says, I have never kept a diary because I don't like it. But I have been taking notes, always under my confessor's command. There appear persons, stories of concrete events, notes of exercises of when I was young. There is a lot of history of the work of Opus Dei in those notes. I thought that those notes had disappeared, and one fine day they appeared. So there is much material, a lot, a lot. Some papers I destroyed. Now this is a quote that is in that's quoted in his biography, and the biographer continues saying, "At the heart of the texts we find indeed a life immersed in God, the interaction between the cuartillas and the notebooks, which we have examined with a certain thoroughness, reflects the great attention that the author paid to the motions of God in his soul, his habit of taking out a sheet." And jotting down some words was a form of docility to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, which was frequently accompanied by words and light. So, w- what are the things that we can do? Well, we can take notes. Take notes. Carry a little notebook or or your smartphone or whatever. Uh, expand your memory of the graces that you have received from God, because that's the gospel put into action today in the 21st century for the 21st century um saint you know and then well this is your storeroom store that for whom for your children for your grandchildren for your friends for your colleagues and it's not like you're going to be proclaiming these points every day to them but when they ask you a question when they come to you with a concern when they ask you for advice then if you have these things in mind the Holy Spirit will actually bring them to mind and you will go to your storeroom of wisdom and you will give them this great piece of advice because you have lived that yourself. You have struggled, you have you have conquered, you have failed, you have you know conquered again, you have gotten up again. You will give them wisdom. You will help them on their way to heaven. You will show them really the mercy of God lived out in your life. You know, so... Put in your your thoughts. Put in your your um, uh, your effort in picking up the graces of God. Saint Jose Maria did it with a notebook. You don't have to do it with a notebook, but however, whatever your method is, ask the Holy Spirit for this grace. And then I would say be available to the Holy Spirit so that you become a great observer of your soul within and without of other people as well. You will learn a lot by observing other people. And, and and actually uh, dialoguing with them and listening to them and 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 praying for them, you know, and then obviously share your thoughts with with Jesus first and foremost, and then when the time comes, without you knowing it, perhaps the Holy Spirit will share them for you, because as the gospel says, the mouth speaks from what you carry in your heart, you know. Well, let us um, end our prayer today asking the Holy Spirit for these gifts of wisdom and counsel so that we too, inspired by the example of Santa Maria and many others, really all the saints, we too may edify 
others and make the gospel come alive once again. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.